0: Oh, it's me. Uh, and
1: t- today we, we continue on our uh, series on pastor appreciation um, a month. We're doing it all month long. We're, we're trying to appreciate pastors and bring voices and folks on that uh, share a little bit of their experience. And today we have a very uh, special guest. We have Valerie Still, who's the lead pastor at Quail Springs United Methodist Church in Oklahoma City. Uh, I hear that's a relative term as far as Oklahoma City is concerned, but uh, relative location. <laughs> But Valerie, we're, we're so glad to have you on. Would you, would you tell, uh, introduce yourself, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about you, you know, who you are, what you do, and we'll get into it.
2: Well, thank you very much. I am honored to be on this podcast. Um, well, my name is Valerie Steele. I um, just, I, I say I just because the pandemic makes me feel like it's Groundhog Day. Uh, that movie you know where it just seems like everything is like and i just and i just you know and it just seems to be like starting over all the time um and starting things again and those kinds of things so i got to quail springs um in in late june of last year 2020 in the midst of the pandemic and so as we've continued to open up you know first it was taking off the mask and then it was you know removing masks we're back in mass now but the blessed thing is at least i know the people behind the mask, (laughs) because when they took their mask off, I remember saying to myself, I'm not gonna know who you are, Um, but things worked out. And um, so I'm there, Uh, I love the congregation. It is a reconciling congregation, which is a congregation that has, um, they decided before I got there um, that they wanted to be open and inclusive um, and highly diverse in, um, when they say we welcome all, they mean we welcome all, and that is anyone, um, particularly um, those that are part of the LGBTQIA2S plus uh, community, that they have a place there. Church, But also we are growing more diverse in, um, it's a predominantly white congregation, but we are beginning to um, be a little bit more, um, different in the way it looks, of course. And so, um, those are just some of the things, uh, you know, that are going on at least at Quell Springs, but I feel very fortunate to be there and, um, grateful for the opportunity to serve.
0: So Valerie, um, you have been in ministry for a while. Uh, you and I have been around together for a long time. Actually, I was thinking like, man, we were in seminary together. It's been a while. Uh, and so, you definitely probably have an experience of, of different kinds of pastor appreciation, um, especially as we talk about, think about this month and, you know, that this is kind of the month that is, you know, that Hallmark celebrates it. Um, how would you like, and thinking back upon the times you've received um, pastor appreciation, like what, what makes a difference? Uh, what, like feeling appreciated, how's that, does that impact
2: you and your ministry and what you do? It's, It's something that is um, well. Okay, so one of the things about me, you know, when when people were running around doing the love languages, you know, uh, Gary Chapman's Chapman's love languages, everybody was running around doing that. At some point, I won't say everyone, but a lot of people. Well, I finally decided I would do it many years ago, and one of the things that came up was words of encouragement, and so that that was one of my deals. So of course, it was like what Mark Twain said, um, or is known to have said. I can go on a good compliment for months, you know, like three months, a a compliment can take, can carry me. So um, when people, I mean, even a nice card, something to just say, we appreciate, first off we acknowledge you because there's something about not everybody, just because you are appointed to a place or you are maybe even called, depending on what um, type of of system that you're part of denominationally, as far as pastors are concerned, then if you are appointed in in our situation, not everybody considers you their pastor. And so to get something that, you know, either to have that moment where someone introduces you and says, this is my pastor, not this is the pastor of the church I attend, two different things Uh, to receive. So this month to receive an actual card or someone saying, you know, happy clergy appreciation month. And of course on social media when people will tag you and say, you know, we want you to know that we appreciate you as our pastor. That's just one of those things where someone is basically saying they're acknowledging the fact that, you know, they they accept me as their pastor. And that to me, again, goes far, far beyond then, um, you know, if they were to do a big celebration, because again, that's that one person that's acknowledging the relationship that they feel that we have with one another. And that that's a big deal for me.
1: Absolutely. Um, I I feel that so much too. And that, that difference of, well, this is a pastor of my church and this is my pastor. Um, No matter how often or not how often I don't hear very often, (laughs) uh, no matter when I hear that, it always settles really deep within me of like, Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> this, this is what we're here to do, right? And, and, it, and for me, it makes me feel very seen, uh, which, which is a weird thing sometimes because you know we have pulpits and, and we have a voice and, and we have these things and we're out there, but uh, it, it means a lot when people go, oh yeah, no, we, we get this, right? Um, especially I can, well, I know exactly how you feel moving in the midst of a pandemic. I came to my appointment last year in, 20, in 2020 uh, and met people from, you know, nose to forehead and uh, re-met them again <laughs> a year later uh, without a mask. And, and it's been fascinating um, getting to know people in, in such a way and, and for people to, to be willing to jump in early on, um, not being able to get, say goodbye to their previous pastor and, and grieve those things uh, and to celebrate their time here. And then to step into that in the midst of a pandemic and go, oh, I'm seen. Oh, they see me. They've accepted me in as, as their pastor and, and leader. And uh, there's something significant to that, even, even in the very little ways, like you said, cards and, and little, you know, being introduced as my pastor. Uh, those, are, those are huge. Yes. So I, I, I love that you bring that up, especially in the midst of pastor appreciation, because I, I think we get lost sometime in the big. The big gesture uh whether it's it's personally in, and maybe the big gesture is not there i know a lot of our colleagues um their churches don't don't celebrate pastor appreciation month right um and so you know that weighs on our our souls a little bit and egos and and all of the things in between um but yeah, those little gestures of cards and and, and
2: statements and, and being seen
1: they're huge
2: yes i agree um You know, the other thing that has happened moving in the midst of a a pandemic as as a pastor, um, not being able to, some people deciding we're not going to have a a funeral or memorial service. (laughs) And those are parts of, that's an honor and a a very sacred time that a pastor can have with uh, family members that oftentimes we don't get to meet, particularly, you know, if a person was elderly when they passed, um, that we don't get to meet. So that, you know, COVID has robbed us of that and getting to really do that. And, you know, I was thinking, um, I've been listing because, you know, All Saints Day is coming up and I was listing all the different people that I know uh, had passed since last um, All Saints Day, which was November 1st of 2020. And I started listing it, and you know, of course, of course, I'm going to do it by oh, I officiated this service, I officiated this service. Well, out of what 12, 13 members that have passed, I've only officiated maybe less than half. So, still that opportunity. Covid has has really this has been a difficult time. To really try to be very pastoral with with pastoral care and getting into the lives of people that have been very um, cautious about coming to church, which is understandable. I I don't blame them. Or they've decided, I want to remain online. So trying to build relationships has been even a little bit more difficult. Um, And you have to really, really talk about intentionality. You really have to be intentional with um, doing that because you don't want anyone to feel left out. Being a new pastor, you want to be able to You know, (laughs) I don't mean to sound like I'm Ursula with tentacles, but you really want to be able to touch as many people as you can um, to let them know that, yes, I I'm here appointed as your pastor, but I want to be your pastor. So this, this month has been quite interesting. And yes, like you said, it does kind of, it does kind of bruise the ego whenever people just kind of cruise past it, like, Oh, it's just, but you know, it's just, it's one of the things I'll get my time, well, somewhere you know somewhere
0: <laughs> well, and I think that that's where one of the things that at least I've been trying to create in a culture of like it should be something we do all year, like we should share things all year, I and mean, we shouldn't just hyper focus it um, one time a year. Um, you know that's why, like in smaller churches in and, Valley, and, and you probably have experienced this living in Oklahoma that when you're, when that either you're appointed to a new church or they celebrate your reappointment to the church and that pounding, I mean, I almost liked that better than any kind of pastor appreciation thing in October. Um, just because it just like, you know, in the thick of summer, when things are hitting hard, like, you know, it's kind of that lull in the summer to have just the congregation say, Hey, we, you know, we care for you. Here's, you know, here's some things, um, you know, that goes a long way. But I also think too, in those high seasons, those high holy seasons, you know, in the middle of Lent or in uh, in Advent, hey, Pastor, we notice that you're tired. Like, you know, like take some time. Like, I, I, you know, I've been blessed. I've been in a couple of congregations that have said, No, Matt, you know, like you've done enough. Take your time. And and when congregations can make that space. Uh, and say, hey, we really, you know, we value you, but we really, you know, take some time, you know, and, and take care of yourself. You know, how, how's your experience kind of been? Uh, thinking about that, and you know, anything that you may have experienced that might be good for, because you know, the whole thing with this is like we want other churches, uh, lay leaders, and other you know congregations to hear how these things do affect us as clergy people, and like those little things. If we can sustain it throughout the whole year. You know, if you care for your caregiver, they're going to go know, they can go further. And so, you know, how does that, how does, how does that kind of center around your ministry?
2: I think one of the things that I learned um, that I, I've tried to be diligent about, I haven't always been the best at it, was really making sure that uh, the board um, or my committees, just depends on what, what the structure is, uh, that they know, here are the things that, that are going on in my own life. Um, and I'm not necessarily talking about personal. I'm talking about when it comes to, um, you know, here are the visitation that you know, I've made recently, and, and it may not be names, but I've done this in, in this last, you know, month. This is how many of this, or I went and spoke at camp, you know, three different times in the summer, or, um, you know, those kinds of things, just letting them know that uh, of what's been important to me, but that I have been um, pastoral and actually doing, you know, what I'm doing. Something else that I have done, I know that I have to really guard my time, uh, particularly my Sabbath, my Sabbath day is on Friday. And I really, really ask, um, you know, I really don't wanna have to have any kind of meetings. I really don't wanna have to, I mean, these, you know, and and it's, it's, it's it can be difficult. So just really trying to let, I need for the congregation to see, and particularly my leaders, um, I'm an only child. So I tend to say everything is mine. So, you know, my, 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 anyway. So I call everything mine. So forgive me for that, but um, cause it does bother some people when I say that, but um, I want them to know that number one, I'm not sitting at my house, just whittling my thumbs. If, if I'm not in the office, it does not mean that I'm not working. If, um, and I think if, if congregations can learn that about their pastor, that just because that one day that they came in at two o'clock and I wasn't in my office or, um, you, you know, something to that effect, that, that, that means that automatically I'm lazy or I'm just, you know, leaking off of them kind of deal. You know, I'm, this, this is a plus job. No, no, being a pastor is, is not a plus job. Um, we would not do this for the most part, unless we were called, (laughs) Mm, I really feel, I mean, now there might be some out there, but, but honestly, we would not do this unless we were called because the thing about it is each person, oftentimes I feel, uh, unless they really see the big picture, each individual person in the congregation forgets that they are one person. And if you, whether you have, once you go beyond that one person, that means that you have these you know, you're trying to make these intentional one-on-one relationships with anywhere from, you know, it could be 10 or 12, you know, just depends on the size of your congregation. But if you have like 300 people in your congregation, that's a lot of trying to remember names, trying to remember situations, trying to remember connections that they have, trying to remember the areas, you know, their gifts that you have witnessed. That's a lot. And to know that you Have that relationship. I mean, if you're worth your salt, that uh, any pastor that's worth their salt, you were trying to keep those and maintain those. I may not remember all your birthdays. I I, one time, the smaller the church was, I sent out birthday cards personally. Um, The church got larger. Well, it kind of got away from it. There was just no way to be able to do that once you got past you know 50 or 60 adults, um, or and children. So, um, I the one thing that I really, when it comes to appreciation, that I want. Um, congregations, lay, laypersons to know is that your pastor is not, not just sitting around twiddling their thumbs, you know, unless you know their full schedule, you don't know why they came in that day at three or why they came in that day, you know, or left by four or left, you know, you don't know what their whole schedule is because you don't know what's going on that evening and, um, and respect that. Respect that they are not just, you know, like I said, you know, doing absolutely nothing or that they're lazy. There's a lot going on.
1: Yeah, that was one of the things I experienced. So I moved from uh, New Mexico and the Texas area to Montana a handful of years ago. Completely different church culture. Um, I, I remember going in my first day in the office, telling my assistant, "You'll know where everywhere I am if I'm not in the office. You'll you'll know my full schedule." And she looked at me and went, nobody cares. Nobody cares where you are. (laughs) (laughs) You have a cell phone, we'll call you. You know, you live in the parsonage across the street. We can find you. You know, there's 1500 people in this town. You're not hard to find. Uh, (laughs) Right. And But it was one of the greatest permissions and freedoms she gave me to to be in the community, uh, to be with my family when my kids were doing stuff in school, to take time knowing she would often tell me, hey, you haven't had a funeral in a while. You're probably going to have one coming up. Go home you know, uh, and just that permission to not just sit in my office, uh, you know, or waste time doing things that really don't matter. Go home, you know, uh, she'd consistently tell me that. And it was the permission I needed coming out of a culture that didn't, uh, often have that permission and wondered where you were at three in the afternoon or what, you know, uh, and and that was one of that's been one of the greatest gifts I've been given as, as kind of pastoral appreciation and and just that uh, that freedom of permission to go you're human it's okay be where you need to be uh, and we're gonna celebrate that with you uh, which you know you throw a pandemic on top of any situation and that all becomes very very hard. Uh, we feel, I, I, know, I know we all went into panic mode and tried to do more and all that we could to, you know, stay connected with our people because that's, right. that's what we're called to do. Right? right. Uh, and when all of that changed, a you know, drop of a dime, it was tough. And, and that's why Matt and I wanted to talk about, talk about this, uh, and, and bring it to light because we know our colleagues are tired. We're tired, you know? in it's important to find those little things uh, those little permission things those little affirmations uh, of oh we understand your call to this and it's tough <laughs> we want to make space for you also because yes. uh, that's huge
0: yes so Valerie um, to kind of kind of wrap us up um, and be respectful of your time uh, you you uh, Is there anything else you'd like to share for people that may be listening uh, uh, to know about how um, churches can best support their pastors in a in a in a marathon and not just the sprint of a month? Because you know it's a year. We you know we we're here for you know like it's a year. We it's something we should do all year and not just something we should sprint in a month. Do you have any kind of recommendations for congregations what they could do and you know some insights?
2: You know, in every congregation, there are people that um, I believe they have a gift of, of, uh, of, of an empathic nature. And those people, even if you have, you know, and first and foremost, pastors need to know that it's okay to be vulnerable. I'm not saying just, you know you know, cry and sob all over the congregation because, you know, that's a whole nother issue. We do have to respect, you know, boundaries, but you can't be strong all the time. And uh, as a pastor, um, and you have a family and there are things that are going on. And when we um, and I know I'm gonna get back to your, your question, Matt, but I just would say this to pastors and, and I think that congregations need to hear this too, late persons need to hear this, that um, even when your pastor is trying to act as though, okay, you know, like their mother just passed away and they're back in the pulpit, you know, the next Sunday. <laughs> and, you know, the funeral took place that Saturday and here they're back in the pulpit that Sunday for whatever reason, And um, you know, Zach, what you were saying, that permission, give them that permission to take some time because they'll need it. They'll need it. Um, If things are just going haywire in their life, if their health is not good, if you see that they're all of a sudden even putting on weight, saying, be careful how you say it. (laughs) Let me just say that. Be careful how you say that. Be careful how you talk about their appearance and things like that. But find ways to, you know, I'm big on, instead of, you know, saying this is a problem with identifying a problem, make sure that you also um, have some possible solutions. And so maybe it's, you know what, pastor, I just, you know, it's, it's March. It has nothing to do with October. It's March. It's, it's June. It's, you know, whatever time, or it's right, you know, right after Christmas, you know, because, you know, we hit it hard. Usually starting in October, we hit it hard all the way to the end of the year. And it seems that um, that would be a wonderful time to be able to say, we got you this, you know, whatever from this gift card to a massage place, or we got you this, you know, go out to eat, take your wife, take your husband, go out to eat um, or a significant other, whatever the case, but just to find ways throughout the year to show care. Because, you know, the pastor is expected to do that year in, year out, day in, day out, no matter what. And it always surprises the pastor. It really does whenever they are flooded with that kind of um, compassion um, and love and permission giving that we, we realize you're human too. And you're gonna go through, if my family goes through these things and I'm sure your family does, and there's gonna be times that yes, you need to be with your family. You need to be at at those sports events. You need to be at those things. You need to be at the places even where you've been called. Because see, I'm not called just to the church I serve. I'm also, as a pastor, but even I'm called to be in criminal justice ministry. And so that's one of the things that I really put out there that, you know, come on, when things are going on and things are making headlines and what have you, you will probably find me at some rally. And I would hope that um, we could maybe sometimes have to move around a meeting so that I can attend. That's, that's just one of those areas that God has also called me to. So the permission granting is awesome. And just uh, having an overwhelming sense of understanding that your pastor is human.
1: Yeah, thank you for that. That's uh, We all need to hear that. <laughs> so thank you. I appreciate yes. it.
0: So, Valerie, we we thank you for your time, and um, you know, you're always welcome to come back uh, on the podcast and any anytime. So if you want to talk about some of those um, justice-oriented things, uh, we'd be glad to talk to you about that and what you do uh, in that role. Um, and you know, we value your time, and so we're gonna, uh, um, you know, just thank you again for joining us today. And and yes, uh, you, I always say that you're um, you're definitely destined for greater things. I've been telling you that since I met you, uh, and you know, we've. Uh, uh, and so I, I just thank you for your time. And I want to encourage our listeners to go to our website at beardedtheologians.com and check out all of our great content. Um, you can buy it still. You still have time. If you order something online, you may get it by the end of the month. If not, it will make a great Christmas gift uh, for your pastor that uh, maybe you want to get a bearded theologians uh, mug or t-shirt for. And so we just encourage you to do that. And uh, we thank you for listening today. And so for the bearded theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold.